In this episode, we speak with Daphne Tong, partner and co-head of investments at Westcap, an operating and investing firm for generational companies. Westcap invests in tech-enabled, asset-light marketplaces. Its focus areas include fintech, real estate tech, infrastructure tech, health tech, and digital experiences. Prior to Westcap, Daphne was the co-head of the private equity funds and co-investment group in the Americas for GIC, a leading global investment firm established to manage Singapore's foreign reserves. Prior to that, she was a principal in Blackstone's private equity division. She started her career in investment banking at Goldman Sachs. Daphne was recognized by GrowthCap as one of the top software investors of 2023. I'm your host, RJ Lumba. We hope you enjoy the show. If you like the episode, click to follow. RJ Lumba is the managing partner of GrowthCap and the executive chairman of Market Insight Media. He is the host of Growth Investor, a podcast featuring today's best investors, executives, and founders. In the minutes ahead, we'll uncover insights and strategies for accelerating growth and succeeding in business. Daphne, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's a delight to be with you. RJ, thanks so much for having me. Where I thought we could kick off is to hear a little bit about Westcap. Many in our audience may not be as familiar with the firm, so I thought we could start by having you give us an overview of uh, how it came to be, the people involved, and what you focus on. Sure. So a lot of firms say that they have operating capabilities in the growth equity space, but at Westcap, we actually do. So Westcap is what we call a strategic operating equity firm, and we're focused on investing in marketplaces and the technologies that support that. Um, So software and network-affected tech. And so what's really different about us is we take a hands-on partnership approach with our management teams. 60% of our team are full-time operators. So think of them as folks at the peaks of their careers who want to get their hands dirty. And that's how we've made a difference, you know, with our port codes and you know, with our founders and management teams. Yeah, I think that's truly a point of differentiation, and we will get further into that. I guess before we go there, tell us about yourself. You know, you have a very interesting background, starting off in banking, I believe, and then moving into private equity, and then also taking a top view approach, like looking at funds while you were at GIC. So tell us about your path. Sure. So today, I co-head our investment team alongside Lawrence Tosi. He goes by LT. LT and I met more than 15 years ago when I was at Blackstone. I was a member of our private equity team back then. And LT had joined shortly after the IPO of Blackstone. So we got to know each other then. And we continued to stay in touch while LT went to Airbnb to be CFO. And then in 2015, I left Blackstone and joined GIC the Sovereign Wealth Fund of Singapore, and took on a bit of a different role where I eventually co-headed the largest PE business for GIC, which was based in New York in the Americas, which was the Funds and Co-Investments Group. And so, yes, I had the opportunity to invest in funds. And you know, I was brought on board to really build out the direct investing capabilities for GIC on the co-investment side. So I had the opportunity to see many different funds while I was there, both on the buyout side as well as growth. And you know, had the opportunity to rejoin really great friends from my time at Blackstone, including LT, when I came on board to Westcap about three years ago. 
And, you know, for me, the decision to join, you know, it was very much based on the fact that I could see that we were going to build something different at Westcat within growth equity. And that was what was really you know, interesting for me. I think certainly the feel to Westcap and everything I've heard from various people who know the firm is certainly unique. And as you mentioned, you know, helping on operations and having the right people for the right companies is a key part to what you do. You've scaled fairly quickly and it seems like you're hitting successes. Your batting average is probably higher, much higher than others. What do you think has enabled you to do that, you as a firm? So, yeah, I talked about how we have an operating equity model. And so, yes, we are investors, but I would also note that we're investors plus operators and builders first. And so that's been our secret sauce. You know, with that, we also work as one team here at Westcap. So whenever we talk about, oh, we have a deal team that's going to meet a management team or a founder, it's a combination of both our investment team and our operators on that deal team. And that helps us to make better decisions. It helps us to see like where could we actually partner with management to help them accelerate growth. And we do that during diligence. And I would also mention when we think about the portfolio we're building for our investors, we only invest in three to eight new portfolio companies in a given year. So we are absolutely not taking an index approach. Part of it is we have an operating team and we want to get deep with our management teams, but we can't serve hundreds of portfolio companies. That just wouldn't work. And so we're really looking for the companies where we can make an impact, where we can see the ability to grow together. And so you know that's been really fruitful for us. And you can see that in our return profile that we've been able to generate for our investment partners who are our LPs. Mm -hmm. And based on what you said, there's always a little bit of calculus into figuring out, okay, which companies fit with our expertise where we can really help them drive value. But are there certain attributes of an entrepreneur or of a company that once you see it, you kind of say, well, you know, this may not fit squarely, but we know this is like a winner and we know we can add value in a different way. I'm just wondering if you looked at some of these opportunities and just said, this is something we want to be a part of. Yes. That's the most exciting part of being in my seat and being a part of our investment committee process is when you do see that opportunity come up. The first question we tend to ask is, you know, does this fit our WestCAP mandate? And so we are very focused on tech-enabled asset-light marketplaces and the network-affected businesses around them. Right. So that's the first question. And that for us is really important because when you look at, you know, the number of marketplaces that have received venture funding historically, it's something like 13%, but they account for, I think it's almost a quarter of the world's unicorns and 30% of IPOs, right? So first it's like, does the space match? You know, typically it's the answer is yes. Mm -hmm. The second most important question is like, who is the founder and who is his team behind him or her team? behind her. And, you know, we typically work best with founders who want to work with us, given our operating approach and our partnership approach. If a founder thinks he or she can do it him or herself, we're probably not the right partner. That fit needs to be there. And it's really important because the style of diligence we do is more buyout than, you know, VC, if you look at the spectrum. And so it takes time 
for us to diligence a company and to work and figure out how we can partner best. It's several weeks. And so we're not the firm he's going to throw in the quick term sheet. Mm-hmm. And so there needs to be that orientation on the management team level of, wait, I actually want to work with them and spend the time with them to figure out how we can accelerate our growth and where those areas are. And, you know, wow, Westcap comes with a pretty big team. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to have my you know, head of marketing spend time with you know, our Westcap collab team on digital marketing. Or do you know what? Let's spend some time on talent and org design mm-hmm. and figure out like, who do I need to compliment myself on the executive team? And so it takes time. So it's very much a match between Westcap and our founders and you know, whether there is a fit. And if there isn't a fit, that is okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there are other firms out there for mm-hmm. um, you know, the majority of great companies. I'd like to go back to your days at GIC because I think maybe in part, based on the full landscape of private equity that you were seeing, maybe it helped inform the way you think about Westcap or today and you know where maybe there was a gap. You know, people were really missing something. We've honed in on the operations capabilities that you have. Were there other aspects to what was happening in private equity where you saw like wait a second, there's a gap here or companies are being underserved. That was very much our perspective, that high growth companies were being underserved by the existing investor base. You know, when you think about buyout, I was there at Blackstone when Blackstone first started its portfolio operations group. If you Mm. can imagine, it was, I still remember the first three people in that group, right? So buyout went through that surge of, gosh, we can help our portfolio companies in a different way. In growth equity, that hasn't actually happened yet for growth. There are a couple of models that we've seen. You know, one is the passive index model where you know, there's an index approach, but you really can't get deep with your portfolio companies. It's just not possible. Or if you have an operating team that tends to be folks who can serve on boards, right? And that's a different kind of help and also helpful, but that's just not what we're offering. And so within growth equity and what we call operating equity, we felt like there was a missing piece there that we could provide that kind of operating approach that you saw in buyout in the last 20 years to growth companies and to really accelerate growth that way. And what was really interesting for us was that we believe that the companies that actually need the most help are in the growth stage. Like when you are levered and in buyout world, like you're a pretty mature company at that point, or you should be for taking on debt. But within growth, there is a lot of company building to be done at that time. And so we saw as a firm that opportunity for us to get really excited and to kind of bring a different approach. So yeah, that's why we're here as Westcap and how we've generated the returns we have over the last couple of years is because it is a missing piece of the puzzle. And was it that you were coming to the table already with you and I guess the, the uh, original core team? with a broad network of folks where you could say like, okay, these people could really help us out. Let's bring them in to the Westcap family. Was that kind of a differentiating factors that you had personal networks of these people that you knew? So what's really fascinating about Westcap is, you know, on the investment side, we have a 20 plus year track record of investment returns. And over the last five years, We've been investing in the more traditional fund format, which is when the team has really come together. What's really unique is our team has had relationships with each other for 15 plus years. I mentioned 15 plus years with LT, 
and I've had similar relationships with folks from Blackstone, but there are really three different firms that have come together here. I mentioned Blackstone. The second is Airbnb. Mm. And so there is a crew of former Airbnbers who are part of our operating team today. And they've been really active on our branding, marketing, digital, user experience type questions, right? So that team has come into play, as well as iPrio, which is a fintech company, which LT had started when he was back at Merrill Lynch as CFO and COO of their banking and capital markets division. He had that team after they sold to IHS Markets, came on board to Westcap, and they were PE owned for a number of years, uh, Goldman, Goldman, PIA, KKR, and then actually Blackstone as well. So, you know, we all came together and those relationships have really helped us just make an impact for our portfolio company because we have this shared background as a team. And how does it actually work? So you start the investment process with a company and you close and presumably there's already a plan kind of underway. Do your folks, to what extent do they integrate into the operations of your portco? So there's a couple different models that we've been able to use. So yes, we have absolutely had team members from Westcap who have gone in and on an interim basis have been, for example, like head of digital marketing or head of marketing for a period of time. Uh, two of my colleagues, Diana and Maria, have done that at several of our portfolio companies. And you know they'll be in the company with the email address and they're teaching the team how to fish. Like how can they use their digital marketing dollars to the highest ROI. So teams being taught how to fish, they'll also hire their replacement, right? So it's not meant to be a long-term hire and then come back out. So that is one model. The second is more of an advisory model. Let's you know set up check-ins or do a, a specific project over the next quarter. Who do we need to complement our existing management team? Let's get that into place. We'll help you with the hires, but also help you think about what is the strategic plan? Who do you need on your team? So we can do it in a project-based work as well. And all of this is done initially during diligence. So we create what's called an SSP, a smart scaling plan. And before we even close, we'll walk through the plan with management to make sure we're completely aligned with what we're going to do together. Because bear in mind, we're minority investors, right? This is not buyout where we could demand that our people come in and get to work. So we absolutely need buy-in from our CEOs and founders that this is how we're going to spend our time together. And so it's done really early and very much in partnership with our management teams. I like to chat about the areas that you're most focused on. I believe it's cybersecurity, prop tech, and fintech. Do I have that correct? Yes. So we have five kind of broader sectors that our team spends time on. So absolutely, fintech has been a big one. Prop tech, but particularly asset light prop tech as a second. What we call cyber tech is within our infrastructure tech vertical. And then two others would include what we call experiences tech. So StubHub is an example of a portfolio mm. company uh, that would fit that space. And you know, we as a team generate ideas for sourcing on a thematic basis. So within those five verticals, we try and identify 10 to 12 themes that we're most excited about in a given year. And you know, from there, we have an outbound motion of, all right, let's make sure we meet those companies. Let's make sure we are networked with the earlier stage investors who are looking for that next stage of capital to come in. Interestingly, 40% 
of our top of funnel comes from earlier stage investors. We're a partner of choice for them. You know, we are more than happy to devote our team and our operating capabilities to our portfolios, and that's only a benefit for the earlier stage investors on the cap table. So that's been a great resource for us in terms of generating potentially new portfolio ideas. Mm-hmm. And which areas do you personally spend the most time in? And are there certain areas, or I guess sub segments, that you're most excited about? So, given my seat at Westcap as co-head of the investment team, I have this great opportunity to ride shotgun on everything that we're spending time on.、Mm-hmm. One thing I should note, though, is seventy percent of our capital has been in follow-ons in our existing portfolio companies. And so, like, what that means is a good chunk of our investment committee time and our deal team's time is on our portfolio companies. And the question is, should we be following on to our initial investment, either through primary capital or opportunistic secondaries?、Mm-hmm. And so, when I think about 2023, we had three new portfolio companies. One is in cybersecurity. So. You know, within the Internet of Things or the industrials of things, protecting that critical infrastructure, and kind of using those networks to better do that cybersecurity role. That portfolio company is named Dragos.、Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, we recently invested in a portfolio company that serves the kind of real estate closing process, and you know are investing at a very interesting discount to the last round. There, we have seen you know that market turn. And you know, feel really good about our entry point and where we're investing in the cycle. So a bit opportunistic there. And then thirdly, you know, another theme that we've been really excited about, and our team's been spending a lot of time on over the last eighteen months, is the office of the CFO. Right? There's a greater need to have better information to make better decisions. You know, for the CFOs of our portfolio companies, and just like generally for all CFOs. So you know, better entity management and treasury services management on the tech side. And so we have a third portfolio company called Treasury Four that we invested in for the first time this year that we're excited about. So、I、look forward to updating you again about what else we're spending time on. Excellent. We're heading into the tail end of our conversation. I've got two final questions before I ask you those questions. Can you tell us a little bit about the vision for Westcap going forward? Do you anticipate this becoming? One of the larger players in the growth equity space, or will you be a niche player? What's kind of the overall vision? Yeah, the vision for us at Westcap, and we talk about it a lot as a team, is we want to be a meaningful player within growth equity. And again, I keep using the word operating equity because I think we're creating something that's different here. You know, when I think about fund sizes, and as someone who's been on the Fund side in my past, we believe our historical fund sizes are the right ones. So we won't be in the mode of gathering assets. It's just not who we are. What we care most about is creating value for our investment partners, who are our LPs, and also really creating value at our portfolio companies. And that's what matters to us most: is、mm-hmm. to really create and partner with great portfolio companies. So you know, our mission and our passion is really around that, versus becoming bigger. I think we can do a great job with the team we have and at the fund sizes that we're in today. Excellent. Last two questions. One is, can you tell us about a person who has had a profound influence on you? Yes. And so, if I had to pick one person, I'd pick my mom. Now, 
my dad is an amazing person, but I do have to pick my mom. You know, she did pass away about 10 years ago from cancer, unfortunately. I guess she had the greatest confidence in who I was and in the choices I made. And when I think back to my circle of fans and cheerleaders, she was absolutely one of those people. Uh, if I were to give you an example, 20 years ago, I was at the University of Pennsylvania and decided to join the women's rugby team there, having never played a contact sport before. So a very unusual choice. I remember calling home, letting my parents know that like I've made this decision, I'm going to join the team. It seems fun. I, I love playing sports. And I remember my mom saying, great, I'll come to the first game and I'll be there. And so true enough, she came to the first game, watched the game, saw me get tackled several times and continue to come to games, right? So the second game she came and hid behind the shed the entire game and continue to hide behind the shed for every other game she came to thereafter. But that's exactly who she was. Someone who was just like my greatest support and, you know, had the just greatest confidence in the decisions I made and who I was and who I wanted to be. So that's, I would say my mom for sure. That's awesome. Last question. Can you tell us about a charity cause or other endeavor that you're passionate about? RJ, thank you for asking this question. You know, what I'm really passionate about is women in investing and women in finance. When I started at Blackstone, you know, there were very few women in the boardroom where we were having investment committee decisions or even on deal teams. And I truly believe that having a diversity of opinion and just having different backgrounds is really important in regards to making the best decisions. When I was at Blackstone, we started you know, the Blackstone Women's Network and we went on campus and helped prep sophomores and juniors in getting that first finance job, whether it was banking or PE. And you know, when I joined GIC, I had the opportunity to start the Women's Network there in the Americas and spent more time focused on women in the mid-cycle of their careers. And then at Westcap, we now have WOW, which is the women of Westcap. And you know, that's been a great network for me. In that network, we've had the opportunity to bring together our portfolio company executives who are women, our investment partners, so our LPs, as well as our colleagues. I just love creating those connections. I think it's important. And I think as an investor within Westcap, we'll make better decisions if we have a diversity of opinions. So Women in finance is definitely a passion for me. Excellent. Is there an insight you could share perhaps with the other investors that other firms listening in on this episode, some insight to help them with understanding maybe how they can you know, better incorporate women into their organizations as opposed to just a generic, like hire more women? Is there like something a little bit extra that we could impart on the audience? Yeah, for me, having mentors was so key in my career, both women mentors, and you have to have mentors who are men as well, just given the number of men in finance and in private equity. And so I think setting up those mentor relationships, either informally or formally, will be key to retaining really great women on your team. And so the more you can do that, I think you'll see that women are able to stay and want to stay, you know, in these kind of tougher kind of investing roles out there. So that would be one word of advice. Great. Well, Daphne, want to thank you again for taking the time. This has been a wonderful conversation. RJ, thank you again. This has been really fun.